who's, who's come here and, and to thank you for taking the time to be here. And, and the truth is, we all need to be here. And I'm thankful that I could be here to wake up this morning, to have breath in my lungs. I'm thankful that God has provided me uh, a home and transportation, a job in the name of Jesus. And I'm thankful for the church, the brothers and sisters in the, in the faith who I know are part of the family of God, who know how to pray, who know how to show brotherly love and extend the hand, right hand of fellowship. And those things are very precious to me. And I've taken those things for granted in the past of my life, and I don't want to anymore. So if you're watching online today, we want to welcome you and we want to let you know that you're very much a part of our service and that we pray that in the name of Jesus, you receive today from the Lord because it's all about Jesus. And the more I read about God's word, read his word and read of the people of God, the more I realize and I recognize something that, man, the people that have the greatest joys, the greatest victories in their lives in the Bible and, and amongst those around you today are those who just realize it's all about Jesus. It's not about me. And I think of the, the words of John the Baptist when he said, he must, speaking of Jesus, he must increase, I must decrease. And I think we all need to come to that time in life where we realize that God does need to increase in my life. It needs to be less about me. And I believe that that's that transition into what can be a very powerful relationship. Everything that Jesus did on Calvary and the resurrection becomes more of a reality when we take that and accept that, that word from God that we must decrease in our lives. And we start learning how to thank God. We become more thankful. We start wanting to worship God. And Jesus said it himself that the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. And that's powerful. We can be those. We are those people today. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So again, we know that our pastor's not here, but we are so thankful to have a pastor, right? After God's own heart who feeds us with knowledge and understanding. That's what the book of Jeremiah says, right? And we have that. And I am thankful, very thankful for for a pastor who believes in the leading of the Holy Ghost and believes in the teaching of the word, because that is what Jesus did. As we read the Gospels, he taught. He always taught the people, and he, he pointed them to the things of God. And so I'm thankful that our pastor is always teaching, he's discipling us, and he's encouraging us to have our own experience with God. Right. And that's that's what I, I see in a, a true leader of God is they seek to empower those who they are leading with the things of God. Right. And that's what it comes down to. We want to be able to stand. And when we're at our homes, at our jobs, when we're facing facing difficulties in life, we want to have the things of God in our lives. And that's what God is offering. He's offered to everybody. That's what Calvary's about, receiving that power, receiving that love into our lives and growing in that. And I'm excited today, and I don't know if any of you've caught any of the general conference at all online or anything, but there are some powerful messages. One that I caught from Brother Bernard, the general superintendent, was just about that, growing in every way in the things of God. And I realized there's so much opportunity. God is doing so much around the world, right? But it starts with us, right? And, you know, I think about revival. We hear revival being preached, and we see it in the Word of God. And we see it even on our own history of the, the Pentecostal church where revival happened. And I realized that it, revival starts with really one person 
who wants to start receiving the things of God, who wants to do it God's way. And we recently talked about the traits of the people of God, right, this last Wednesday. And one trait I thought of afterwards was the people of God just want to do it God's way. And that's really the distinction. And the word of God gives us that template, gives us that instruction to do those things God's way. And it is going to be contrary to our thinking, contrary to the world, our society. But that's how it's always been. The things of God have always been a contrast to the things of the world. And we get to grow in that. And the more we do, we realize, man, God is doing awesome things. Man, he's touching so many lives around the world. There's nobody that God cannot reach. I don't care what country you're in, where you're at. And we can be part of that. We are a part of that. Okay, we are the church. And we're going to talk about that today. So I appreciate everybody who took the time to be here today. And I understand that we could have been anywhere, right? And as we were praying and worshiping, and how many just loved the worship this morning in, in the prayer room? Powerful, powerful. And as I was raising, raising my hands and worshiping God, I, I realized that there was a time in my life was when I was active duty in the military, and this came to my mind, um, when I was stationed in San Diego, and, and I was doing similar things, giving messages on Sunday mornings. We had a military fellowship, and at that point, I was not a part of the Pentecostal church. I was part of a non-denominational church. And they, as a, as a senior enlisted person who was stationed in San Diego, the, uh, the, the pastors of that church had asked me to, to lead the, the small fellowship that was stationed there, most, most, mostly military men and women. And I remember that at that time in my life, I was struggling with a lot of things. And they were... Many Saturday nights that I literally would be finding my consolation and my comfort in alcohol. So I found that's just where I was at in life. That's how, where I had become and found my comfort and peace. And, and, and that's where I hid, you know. And I would have to show up and I would show up on Sunday morning on base and try to talk about the things of God. And I just thank God today that he has changed my heart in the name of Jesus. From just beyond an outward appearance of, of godliness into something that's real and true that I can take with me anywhere I go in the name of Jesus and want that. And the more I spend in time in the presence of God, the more I want that. And I know in the name of Jesus, if he can do that for me, he can do that for anybody. So I don't care where you're at in your life, and I don't care where you've been. Jesus already knows. He just wants us to receive that love. And so I'm thankful that in places like this, I can come and have the confidence to know that God has got something for me. And that's my expectation, and that expectation continues to grow the more I come to Bible study, the more I get involved in prayer and worship, and just put myself out there and say, Lord, it's all about you. It's not about me. I want it to be, I want this life to be about you in the name of Jesus. So I'm thankful today. I'm thankful for each and every one of you and your faith in God. It encourages me, and it strengthens me to see people around me yield themselves and use their gifts, their talents, their abilities for the things of God. That's exciting. You know, that excites me in the name of Jesus. And I also wanted to say, if I could um, share a little bit about Brother Jace. He was recently baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. 
for the remission of his sins. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. testimony and I know that and uh, this happened down in Cheyenne and it's just so good to know that other people are are baptizing in that precious name the name above all names and I thought about the passage in the Gospels where some of the disciples came to Jesus and they said hey there are other people out there preaching in your name we want you to stop them and Jesus said no 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 there's no one that can speak lightly of me that's doing miracles in my name and so and if they're not you know, if they're doing that, they're for us. They're not against us in the name of Jesus. So God's word is being preached. His truth is being practiced all around the world. And sometimes we kind of feel like we're isolated. And maybe in our communities, maybe we've gotten a little discouraged because we've shared with people and they just don't seem to accept that, you know. But, you know, we are still planting those seeds. And that's what we got to know is, hey, we're planting seeds. The, the word is going forth. And the Bible says that God's word will not return unto him void. That's a promise. In the word of God, Isaiah 55 teaches us that. So we know it's not about us. And sometimes when we, when we just take ourselves out of that equation and realize, hey, I'm sharing, I'm a vessel for God. And that's my goal. Then God can continue to flow. And he's going to do things in people's lives. You and I just need to be faithful to the things of God. And that's an awesome thing that God teaches me continually is just being faithful in the little things. And if I can be faithful in those little things that God has taught me, then Jesus said I will be faithful in other things. He can entrust me with more things. And that's a promise from Jesus. And we have that. And that's for everybody. Right. So it's God who qualifies us. It's God who calls us. Right. But he has something for every one of us. And first and foremost, his great salvation. And we're going to talk about that. So as I was meditating and I was praying and I was preparing, Lord, what can I share? What can I share? I had lots of ideas and everything. And I absolutely appreciate Pastor letting me share the good word of God. And I, I pray that they're having an awesome time visiting family in Jesus name. Maybe they're watching with us. Who knows? Who knows? In the name of Jesus, if you are, God bless you, Pastor. And Sister Carnahan, we appreciate you. We miss you guys. Amen. Amen. But one Lord, one faith, one baptism. God has made it very simple for us. In the gospel, that's the message. There's only one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism. And I know, again, in the world, as we look around us, it seems like, man, there's all these religions and things like that. But the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who was above all and through all and in you all. That's in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. That's a letter that Paul wrote to the church that was established there. Because why? Why would he say that? Because it's the same message that we find in the Old Testament. There's always and always ever will be just one true God in the name of Jesus. We realize in the New Testament that Jesus Christ was revealed, right, as Lord and Savior. And that, that is the transition that becomes what we now know as the New Testament or the New Covenant. And that new covenant was not just for the Jewish nation. We realize that God opened the door to the Gentile world. That's you and me, right? Everybody else, right? This, this, this Calvary, what Jesus did there, offering his life there, surrendering, submitting, right? There was submission there, 
Wow, what a powerful example of Jesus submitting to those authorities. We know he submitted because we t he told his disciples that, don't you know that I could pray right now and 12 legions of angels can deliver me? But he said, how then would the word of God be fulfilled? So we know there was absolute submission to the things of God. And what an example for us, right? And he did that and it opened the door to the Gentile world. John 14 verses 8 through 11, on the topic of one Lord, right? We'll start with one Lord. Philip saith unto him, if you want to put that on the screen, brother, you can. John chapter 14, starting at verse 8. Philip saith unto him, that's Jesus, Lord, shew us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, shewest the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your teachings. And I pray, Lord, Lord, that each and every heart here is able to receive this truth, this revelation of who you are, Jesus, the oneness of God, Lord Jesus, incarnated, Lord, for us, Lord, for us, so that we can be reconciled to you, God Almighty, for you love us so much. There's nothing you wouldn't do. You did the ultimate by robing yourself in flesh, Lord Jesus, and pointing us to our eternity, Lord Jesus. And I thank you. And I pray, Lord, that each and every heart here can receive that. I pray in Jesus' name for your help, Lord, during the giving of this message, Lord. And I rely on you. I yield to the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. So there's one Lord. And even the disciples, right, they said, show us the Father. And we'll, it'll be sufficient. It'll be enough. Right? He said, how long time have I been with you? And I read this and I realized not only is God trying to reveal his oneness, his deity, right? But he's also challenging and asks us still today, the religious world. Many of us have been there. You know, how long have I been with you? And I, I, my takeaway from this was sometimes no matter where we're at in, in our life with the Lord right now, there's always more growth in areas of our life. And there might be some things God shows us that we haven't grown into yet. And that's okay. That's okay. God knows who we are. He didn't condemn Philip. He said, but how long have I been with you? And sometimes we may be walking with the Lord and find ourselves lacking in the power and the authority in the, the life that God wants us to live. Not, and God doesn't bring this to our attention to condemn us. He wants to help us. But he might ask us, how long have I been with you? And you still don't know me. And I want to encourage you today that there's a God in heaven. His name is Jesus who wants to know us. And he wants us to know him. And that's what this is all about. That's what this gathering together is. Nothing more than that. But he wants us to know him on that level to where we know our God. We are not ashamed of our God. We just want to worship our God because of the things he has done for us. And we look forward to seeing our God again. Because he's going to return. We know that in Jesus' name. But it's okay. And so we see uh, Jesus instructing his own disciples that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Isn't that beautiful? You've seen him. The works, right? 
in the name of Jesus, that we can be part of the called out ones. We see in the Gospels that Jesus called out the disciples from whatever they were doing, and they followed him. And what, why did he do that? He was teaching them. He was empowering them to take this gospel that you and I have and share it. And that same thing is happening today, that God is equipping us. He wants us to be apt to teach. He wants us to be able to minister to people on the spot, wherever we're at. And who doesn't want that, right? Don't we want more of that confidence to wherever we go? We can talk to someone about Jesus in love and maybe pray with them, lay hands on them in Jesus' name. These are things that the disciples did and were empowered to do, right? And remember, Jesus sent them out two by two, and he gave them power to cast out demons, to heal the sick, and, 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 and preach the gospel. And they came back, and they were so fired up, right? They said, wow, Lord, even the demons are subject to us through thy name. And he said, that's right. He said he beheld Satan as lightning fallen to the earth. That's how much victory our God has given us over the enemy. We don't need to fear those things. We don't need to fear spiritual wickedness because we have the armor of God. And in the name of Jesus, but Jesus told them, rejoice not in these things that you're the devils are subject to your name, but rejoice in what? That's right, that our names are written in heaven. That's what God wants us to rejoice in, right? And so these things, but he, he's all about equipping us, empowering us to get out of our own self first, right? To, to recognize it's all about God, not about me. And then go back and share with people what Jesus did. Testify. Be a witness. And he didn't leave us without power, right? He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then we can be witnesses. Trying to do these things without that is unfruitful and frustrating. And we will give up. But God empowers us. He puts that engine in us, that spiritual engine to keep us going, right? When things get a little tough. But also to be just a in, in boldness and faith, filled with faith in the Holy Ghost, proclaiming who he is and what he's done for us in the name of Jesus. We can do that anywhere we go. The people we're around are family members. Who, wants, who would like to see their, more their family in a place like this? Their siblings, maybe their parents, their uncles, their cousins, right? In the name of Jesus. Well, God wants to use you to be a witness to them. He wants to use people like us to share and just live an example to let our light shine before them so that they can be drawn unto God. And the more we seek to lift up God in our lives, the more people are going to be drawn. That's just how it works because that's how Jesus said it works. We lift him up, not ourselves. We lift him up and people will be drawn. They will be. That's a promise. And so we have that privilege to do that in the name of Jesus for our God. He is equipping us. He has equipped us and continues to feed us with that knowledge and that understanding in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful what God wants to do? We get to be a part. We are in that end time church, right? And people want to talk about end times, but we know we're in the last days because we, we see that in the scriptures. Acts 2, Peter says in the last day, and he's preaching from the book of Joel, that God will pour out a spirit upon all flesh. 
We're in the last days. We get to be a part of what the ingathering of souls. We get to be used in the kingdom of God. And to me, that's exciting. That's, that's real now. I've heard about it, and I, and I wanted to participate. But now I can participate. I can be a co-laborer, you and I, with the God himself in reaching souls. And that's the message of the Bible. Paul even wrote, one man plants but, and another man waters, but it's God who gives the increase. And we can have that hope, and we need to pursue in ministry with that in mind because we, we can get frustrated when we don't see the results we want to see. But God is long-suffering, and we can use our own lives as an example of that. Like, hey, God waited for me. He took his time with me, right? So, God, I have faith that you are going to add the increase to this person's life in the name of Jesus. And I believe that God can teach you and I how to be really potent intercessors in the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. If we let him, if we allow him, if we take the time to say, Lord, who can I intercede for? You and I can be powerful intercessors and it can change the hearts of people. The same lives of the people we love and care for and our families can be delivered in the name of Jesus. And who wants to be an intercessor in the name of Jesus for the kingdom of God. What a privilege. What an honor. We see Abraham interceding for Lot in the Old Testament, and we see Jesus giving his life and interceding for us in the name of Jesus because he loved us. He wanted to see you and I delivered and come to the knowledge of the truth to inherit eternal life. You and I, in the name of Jesus, can be intercessors. Hallelujah. It's all about the mighty God. And I just pray for my, myself continually that God prevails in my life. So I understand my nature. My nature is to want to do my own thing. My nature is want to have my own ideas and my own plans in life. But I got to realize, man, it's so much more, it's so much better when I yield that to the Lord. And Jesus is helping me to do that. And I'm thankful that I have examples like you, the reminders, a witness to me that, yes, this is what matters the most. Yielding to God in the name of Jesus. One faith, right? We just talked about one Lord, one faith. Matthew 16, 15 through 19, if you want to put that up, brother. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And who's speaking here? Jesus. Who's he speaking to? His disciples, right? He, wanted, he asked his disciples, whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barhona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven." Isn't that awesome? The authority God has given. But look at this. He asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? 
And I believe that Jesus asks us the same thing today. If we consider ourselves a follower of who he is, he asks us, who do you say that I am? Right? And we need to know who he is via his word. How else do we know who he is outside of his word? And I'm not discounting experience because I know God can bring us to the knowledge of the truth through experiences. So whatever experiences God has had given you in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right. But they're stepping stones so we can come to this truth, this revelation of who he is in that passage. When he talks about the rock, you look up that word. I thought this was encouraging. It says for a man in the case in this passage. By reason of his firmness and strength of soul. And that is how Peter responded. He had reason and he was firm that you are God incarnate. You are the Messiah. And Jesus said he was blessed. And upon that rock he will build the church. And you and I get to be a part of that called out. The called out one, the ecclesia as we know it is the definition of church, the called out ones to have that same firmness and resolve in our lives that you are God almighty Jesus. There's none other but you. And on that firmness, you and I can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We can put on the whole armor of God because we know it comes in the name of Jesus. And he is Lord of all. He is king of kings. And he's coming back again in the name of Jesus. So one, one faith, that's the one faith that the Bible speaks of. There's no other faith that Jesus described or talked about or encouraged. It was this, founded on that belief that God is one. In the name of Jesus, right? And having that firmness and not backing away, not backing down, but being firm in our belief. And it comes all through his written word. Very clear, Jesus made very clear who he is through his word. So let us make sure that we know Jesus through his written word. Okay, you may not be able to quote, or I might not be able to quote every scripture about who Jesus is, but I'm going to find out who he is through his word. That's my resolve, and I believe that was the same resolve Peter had when he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen? Isn't that awesome? In Jesus' name, one baptism, right? One Lord, one faith, one baptism. In John 3, verse 5, Jesus answered Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Amen. And our brother Jace was just baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We know that water baptism is a part of God's plan of salvation. And it may seem silly to us, but it was silly to, the, to, to name in the Syrian in the Old Testament, right? When he came through the prophet Elisha, and, and Elisha told him, hey, if you want to get rid of that leprosy, Go dunk yourself seven times in that muddy river called Jordan, right? And that seemed so silly and ridiculous to him. But when he obeyed, when he humbled himself and obeyed, he came up out of the water, and his skin was like a child, right? Clean. And, and that, is, to me, is a like figure into water baptism today. Right? Not just the washing away the filthiness of the flesh, as the Bible says, but an answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? That is what it represents today, and that is what Jesus uses to wash away our sins in the name of Jesus Christ, and that's what happened to you, brother, when you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, 
right? And all God requires for that, to take away that sin, is that we want to turn away from whatever was keeping us from God in the first place. And then we reconsider our true purpose going forward. That's called repentance in the name of Jesus. And what that opens the door for is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right? In Jesus' name, Matthew 3.11, this is what John the Baptist had to say about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't that awesome? So that is how God empowers us to do what he's called us to do. God doesn't call us to do something and not give us anything to work with, right? But because he knew, he knows we need that change of life, that change of purpose, and that power to do these things, which he has called us to do. And what has he called us to do? be witnesses, right? To be an example of a believer in the way we live, the way we speak, the way we act, the way, the places we go in the name of Jesus, to be an example of a believer. And will we do that for Jesus? Remember what he asked his disciples in the garden of Gethsemane right before his crucifixion. Will you not pray with me but one hour, right? One hour. And what is Jesus asking you and I to do today? Will you not witness for me? One hour in the day. Will you not read my word and spend time with me but one hour? Will you not pray with me but one hour? Think about when we pray. We're praying with Jesus. Yes, we are praying to him, but we're also praying with him, the will of God, right? In John 17, we read that high priestly prayer. Pray that and join Jesus in that prayer because he was praying for people like you and me. And he's praying for people like our family members and our neighbors in that prayer in the name of Jesus. And we can join him in that prayer. One baptism in the name of Jesus. So people, just a brief list, and there are many more, people who experienced God in their lives but still needed to be born again included Saul, who became the Apostle Paul, right? Writer of most of the New Testament. Nicodemus, right? Right? Who was a teacher come from God. He was a teacher. He should have known these things. The things of God. He needed to be born again. Right? The new birth. Uh, the 12 disciples of John we find in the book of Acts 19. Right? They didn't know who Jesus was. But they loved God. They were following him. Right? So we, we got to understand that God will use our experiences to lead us to truth. Right? Because it's not his will that any man should perish. Other people... Cornelius, right? A devout man of God, right? He, he prayed often. He prayed down an angel of God, right? He needed to be born again. He needed the new birth. He needed to be born of water and of the Spirit in Jesus' name. The eunuch we find in the book of Acts chapter 8, and, and he came to Jer Jerusalem for what? The Bible says, all the way from Ethiopia to worship God. But we know he wasn't allowed in the temple. But how exciting, how excited he was to hear that there was this Jesus who opened the door for people like him, where society didn't want him around or didn't want him to partake of normal society. He said, 
ah, there's a Jesus who will allow me in. He wants, he wants me to worship him in spirit and truth. And we see him being baptized in the middle of a desert. So they knew of God, but did not know Jesus as Lord. And that's frankly where we've been in our lives before. But thank God. Thank God that he has brought us to the truth in him in Jesus' name. Thank God that he's allowed us to receive that into our lives. Amen. So they had a form of godliness, but they needed to embrace the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Christ. So we don't want to just walk around with just a form of religion. We want the real deal, right? And that's what the book, the whole Bible gives us. And we see that begin in the book of Acts, the birth of the church. And I love how we, I love the template that God give us to worship him. We start out, we feel the presence of the Lord, just like in the book of Acts chapter 2. We gather together, we feel the presence of God, then we hear the word, and we just see what God does, right? Pours out his spirit, heals people, delivers, and builds us up in the name of Jesus. And there's enough of Jesus to go around for everybody. In Jesus' name. So, and it shall come to pass, I love this, in the book of Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Hallelujah. Who wants more of that? In Jesus' name. Thank you. That's a promise from God to every single person. He wants to pour out his spirit in your heart and your life and transform your life and your purpose forever in the name of Jesus, because God is doing that. We are in the age of grace. We are in the age where God is pouring out his spirit and giving gifts unto men and bringing healing and deliverance to our lives and using people like you and me to share the same message with the world in Jesus name. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus commissioned us to do that. You and I preach the gospel. Jesus is offering to take away all our sins and to power us to share this message with others. How many is excited about that in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus, I am thankful today to be part of what God is doing. And I know it's not of me. It's nothing good I could ever do or earn. But I know it's what God has done in my life to get my attention. He has intervened in the greatest and most powerful way to open my understanding to the things of God and realize that I can serve him, that I can love him. That he loves me first so I can love him. I can truly love. I have a purpose and I have a direction in the name of Jesus. And I have a place prepared for me when I, that day comes in the name of Jesus. That's a promise from Jesus. I go to prepare a place for you that where he is, you and I can be also in the name of Jesus. He's doing that for us right now. Hallelujah. So uh, I would like to ask in the name of Jesus as we close this message, if our dear sister can come back. And, and play that beautiful song. All my life, Lord, you've been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good to us. And the more we grow in God, the more we let it be about God, our lives, and less about us, the more that will become a reality. And we'll see just how faithful our God has been to us, just how good. And I challenge you today, if you, if you have wanna, if maybe you've come to a place in your life where you've not, found that fully, or there are areas in your life where you need to grow in those areas, like me. I welcome you as we sing this song to come to this altar and just give it all to the Lord. Raise your hands. Trust that he has something for you, because it's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.